Hello, everyone. This is Diana and Rob, and we are here with part two of our Flint extravaganza. Uh, we decided to do these sub episodes these two weeks um, with the debate this past week. It kind of threw off our recording schedule. So she was drunk. I was mostly drunk. So we she just was mostly drunk. <laughs> so we decided to uh, cheat this week and give you part two of our our flint information it's not a cheat there's a lot of work going into putting this together there's a lot of news and we want to give it to you guys uh in a way that it's all all together so you don't have to go back and listen to many many episodes spread nude news it's in the all together (laughs) well we also have some new flint information for you at the end so uh Rob, when is uh, this first segment taking us the Wayback Machine? Okay, announcer voice. Episode 16, from the 14th of July, 2016. Top stories. Flint napping. Well, I guess everybody's been caught flint napping on water quality around here. We've been gone for, I guess, what, a month and a half at this point. So we've got a little bit of just follow-up and catch-up to play uh, with everything that's been going on in Flint. Uh, I guess our first story is dated June 22nd, or 22nd June. uh, And the Michigan Attorney General um, filed formal charges against uh, the water company and the engineering firm who recommended the switch in the drinking water supply. That can only be good news. There's definitely grounds on which that should be considered. They knew it was the wrong thing to do at the time. They were just looking to try and save somebody money and make somebody money for somebody else. And how many more cases are this? are out there. I think it's it should be good that the Michigan Attorney General is doing that and does this set precedence? Yeah, the uh, the, so the charges are acts and omissions constituting professional negligence, fraud, and public nuisance. Those are the official the official charges. So I'm kind of keep an eye on this lawsuit. It's a civil suit. It goes hand in hand with the April charges that we recorded on the uh, felony criminal charges um, against the uh, Department of Environmental Quality officials and the uh, city of Flint official um, for their negligence. So, um, yeah, we will keep an eye on all of these, you know, legal matters. The day after the charges came out, which was June 22nd, so June 23rd, the EPA gave the city of Flint residents the official all-clear to drink filtered tap water. At this point, a lot of the residents are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll trust you guys, no problem. Um, So the, the whole, even though they have the legal official okay, I think, uh, everyone's going to be kind of leery for a while. I, I still feel 
very much that a, a sympathy with everybody that lives there because I don't know that many of them would be able to afford to move out to get somewhere where they felt safe. And from what we've seen of other stories cropping up around the country that are similar to this, um, was you made mention of uh, Philadelphia. Do I have that right? That there's mm-hmm. a, a similar issue there? Well, um, not that there's an issue there, but that um, there was a group of concerned citizens who has been raising issue and finally, you know, got the okay of the Philadelphia City Council that they they pledged uh, this past Friday, July 8th, that they would be starting uh, another round of testing of homes specifically in the city's most at-risk areas. Um, So, you know, Flint has spurred action in some places. We reported previously, this is definitely not an isolated incident. You've also got... um, quite a long list of schools specifically around the country that have been testing positive for lead in drinking fountains um, because schools have old pipes. Yeah. Especially schools in big cities. They're old buildings. They're buildings that have been continuous use for 50, 60, 70, if not longer years when you've got that. Uh, there's lead. Uh-huh. So. And that leads to cognitive issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sp- specifically in children. Um, I mean, I know part of uh, part of this move that uh, I did, I had to sign my daughter up for a new elementary school, and I had to sign a waiver that, um, you know, she didn't have to undergo a, a blood draw lead test because we never lived in a certain you know list of zip zip codes in the state of maryland that are known to have lead in their water you know we've just been lucky that we've not lived in those zip codes but you know it's 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 everywhere yay welcome back everybody (laughs) some things don't change should we move on from this yeah let's Let's move on to another depressing story. This next bit is from episode 19, September 10th, 2016. Top stories. Uh, Flint updates. Hey, everybody. Uh, So we've left you guys hanging the last couple weeks, and we're sorry about that. But it looks like, while we're not reporting, there has been an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in Flint. Legionnaire's is a severe type of pneumonia that is generally uh, contracted from still water sources that then feed over into other water sources. Is that correct? Yeah, basically, um, there's a bacteria that multiplies in still water. And the bacteria then um, infests the water and it's contracted by inhaling the bacteria in actually in particulates. So the water goes into like an air conditioning system or into a humidifier and then that mist is sprayed and then you contract it that way. So you don't get it from kissing a legionnaire. (sighs) Safe for another week. Not anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
But uh, Legionnaire's disease uh, was blamed for killing at least 12 people right after this whole debacle began in Flint uh, in 2014 when they switched the water source to the Flint River. So it's not it's not unheard of. It, it's been linked to bet- between eight and nine cases annually, and it's treatable. It's like I said, it's a severe type of pneumonia, but if you're hospitalized and you receive treatment, it is treatable. But this is a special instance because, you know, we're talking about Flint here. The hospital that has reported the most recent case this past Tuesday, uh, which is September 6th, followed all of the state's protocols and let the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services know that they had a case of Legionnaires in the hospital. But that's it. One of the important reasons for notifying authorities about that is to then trace the movements of the individual who's contracted it. As we said, it's Legionnaires breeds in still water sources, so that water source is very likely to still be there, uh, often in water storage tanks on the roof of a building, is what I remember from, from my youth growing up, hearing news articles where it was referenced as that. So it's then important to trace those movements, to trace the source of that infection, to then try and prevent anybody else from being infected. Or, or even letting people know that it's going on and, and checking people who might have milder uh, symptoms to figure out what's going on with them. The issue here is that because the hospital is in the county that Flint is in, there's an active court order that's prohibiting any hospital in that county to report the status of any waterborne illness to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services until the state's attorney general can get through any potential Flint water related charges that could potentially be brought forward. Well, that makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Well, yeah. So while the Flint water investigative team does its job, there's this potential source for Legionnaire's disease that's just going unchecked out there because litigation. Yay. (laughs) Oh, Flint, you never cease to amaze us. Disappoint us continually. Not the people, but the politics. Yeah. So as with everything in Flint... We'll let you know what we find coming up next. <laughs> I wonder if there's any general measures that people can take. I mean, is just wearing a, a face mask, you know, a, a, like a surgical mask, enough to prevent infection? Do we know? I'm not. I'm not sure the the particulate size of the bacteria. I think the bigger issue is not knowing, not having the reporting of where this person contracted it. You know it. I mean, you can assume that it's by their home, but you don't know where the, where in Flint, you know. The people of Flint are being told as much as I just told you, that somebody within their community, seven somebodies within their community, have contracted Legionnaire's disease. And if their news source is as good as us, zeesh. Well, yeah, our reporting is coming, again, from the Detroit Free Press, which has been amazing through all of this um, and, and our primary source for a lot of our information. But... Yeah, it's a mess. All right. Well, maybe we can find some resources on the web on how to prevent the contraction of Legionnaires and put it in the show notes. And if we can't, then I'm going to cut this part from the article. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading real quick. Yeah, they're just it's the the article's just saying what what a 
clusterfuck it is that the hospital's not allowed to report anything else. So. Moving on. Moving on. Our next installment is in episode 20 from 23rd of September 2016. Flint update. What the actual fuck part? Who knows anymore? Things are getting litigious in Michigan. Or should I say things are getting blocked from being litigious? <laughs> because there's nothing like stopping legislation against yourself or a lawsuit against yourself by imposing a body and board that the party that wishes to sue has to go through to get to you and they can't because of the board that you appointed to prevent them from getting through. Wow. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Is there one? Well... In the beginning, there was the slithy shit that crawled from the slime. No, and no. Became in, in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, there was a terrible, terrible decision to change the water source to the Flint River. Um, when all this stuff was uh, coming out back in uh, 2015, there was a board appointed by the state of Michigan to kind of act as... Um, Gatekeeper? Yeah, cl the clearinghouse, I guess, that, that because there were so many lawsuits that were going to be coming forward, um, there was a board that was set up so that way everything could go through them. But this also included the city of Flint, Michigan's ability to sue the state for making this decision ha would have to go through this state appointed board. Um, and now that things are kind of far enough removed and, and in a holding pattern and settled down, the mayor of Flint, Karen Weaver, is ready to move forward with a lawsuit against the state. And now that state appointed board is saying, yeah, no. Bizarre. It's truly twisted. I, I've been reading these articles, trying to wrap my head around how this happens. How this happens. Bureaucracy. That's, that's how it happens. Bureaucracy and capitalism mushed together in the most horrible of bedfellows way. And this is what you get. Uh, can I return to a phrase I've used in the past? Okay. First world country? Yeah. Question mark. Doesn't behave like one. There's a lot of little tin pot dictators around there that have their own triumphal music and come marching out in a way that's better suited to the, what is it, World Wrestling Entertainment or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The people that got smashed down by the pandas years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> the WWF uh -huh. brings real game. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but these... People, how is this remotely? It's certainly not moral, and the legality of it should be questionable at, at every stage. And it's one of those areas where the the Constitution is used almost against itself mm -hmm. to to try and justify the action of some duplicitous shits who would be better off smashing rocks in a facility somewhere than banging a gavel. Well, uh, keeping on our legal theme for our Flint update this week. Um, 
we've got our first set of uh, hearings for the individuals that have been brought up on charges. We've got a no contest plea uh, made Ooh. by, yeah, Corinne Miller. She is a retired state employee um, who acted as the, or she is the former director of the state Department of Health and Human Services Bureau of Epidemiology. This all ties in to our report last week about the outbreak of Legionnaires that's going on um, around Flint. Back when the crisis started in 2014, 2015, uh, about a dozen people died and more than 90 people were sickened with Legionnaires disease. Um, and basically, her pleading no contest is saying, yeah, the outbreak was directly related to the switch uh, of the water sources. So, sorry about that. But no further action. Well, she's pleading no contest. She's not pleading mm -hmm. not guilty. She's not pleading guilty. She's pleading no contest. I think they want to use her in further litigation, mm -hmm. which is why they're letting her do this. Because... The reports are also saying that she faces sentencing um, next April and she'll likely be sentenced to probation. So she's using this as an ability to escape jail time for her previous actions, but shop those others that should be more culpable for bigger sentencing in relation to this. Right, because the prosecutors dropped, um, she had two felony counts against her and they dropped those for her no contest plea. Uh-huh. You mean I actually understood all of that? Sure, Ish? sure. Wow. We sound really good right now. Oh, awesome. Ha! This is totally like awesome and stuff. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, totally. I mean, we, like, sound, like, professional. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap that up by saying that there are seven current and former state employees that are currently facing felony charges for their alleged roles in the drinking water crisis. So, this is just the first word. of them. Uh, alleged. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. One of the most useful words in the English language. Yeah. So, um, Flint, we got your back. And uh, as always, everyone, we will give you another update next time. We really wish we didn't have to. Oh, I so wish. It's going to be a long um, time coming, though. And we focus on Flint, but that's not to say that we're unaware that there are others around the the country and possibly even further afield that we're unaware of. So if you, as a listener in a catchment area, are affected by this, drop us a line, let us know, and if you want to talk about it on the show, we can include for that. It's true. We have the technology. Yeah. We didn't build it, but we use it. <laughs> as with everything. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. This last bit of recycled content is from our latest episode, episode 21, from October 9th, 2016. Top stories. Flint update. More infectious disease news. Oh, yeah. You didn't think that uh, things were under some sort of control in Michigan, did you? I had hoped. Well, no. I mean, last month, 
we had the second major outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in that area. Um, and so it's about time that there's another infectious disease making the rounds through the city. <laughs> At this point, having read ahead, I advise you that if you are eating, drinking, planning to or about to become pregnant, fast forward, pause, do something else. This, Go on, Diana, let's get it over with. All right, this is really gross, you guys. The disease that's currently making its rounds uh, through Flint is called Shigiliosis. Shigiliosis? <laughs> I, 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 it's a word I've never seen before, but basically it's a really... All pronounced. Clearly. And uh, I'm not going to crack at it either, so I'm not really mocking you. <laughs> so you're only mocking, you can't enhance? <laughs> it, it looks like a monster from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Shigeliosis, uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I had to go at it. I it go. There I, you go. See, you try it. You try it. Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a really nasty bacteria. Uh, it's caused, uh, or I guess contracted by not washing your hands. So uh, maybe this part is something you should play for your kids because then they'll need they'll they'll know why as parents uh we can be assholes sometimes about making them wash their hands so this bacteria causes ready fevers bloody diarrhea severe stomach cramping and vomiting probably simultaneously yeah it it's not going to be anything good or fun or nice. So um, basically, because the people of Flint are so distrustful of the water that's coming out of their taps, they... this <laughs> We are talking about an American city in the 21st century where uh, it's like hearing about those cities that have been struck by a hurricane or something else and water quality is tanked and sewage is running in the streets and uh, what next? Go on. <laughs> let's, okay. let's finish the story, please. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So the people of Flint, Michigan, America, 2016 are distrustful of the water that's coming out of their taps. They've been uh, showering a lot less and just, washing themselves with baby wipes, uh, specifically the little kids, because um, they're the ones who were the most susceptible to the lead-contaminated water causing burns on their bodies um, when they were bathed in it. Um, so these baby wipes that they've been using have been given away for free at most of the bottled water distribution center, so it's readily available to the populace. But baby wipes are not as effective at killing bacteria as good old-fashioned hot water and soap. I, I, my suggestion would be rubbing alcohol for hands and uh, consumable alcohol for trying to kill any bacteria that, you, that may be inside. <laughs> yeah, and tell that to an eight-year-old. Uh, at this point, I think it's a valid option. One of the histories of beer is it used to be used for purifying water. We may be back to that. As much as I detest the the idea, maybe Miller Lite would be preferable to Flint's drinking water, even for infants. <laughs> um, we didn't go with Labatt's. We do have some class. 
<laughs> That's a whole different tangent that we don't have time for right now. <laughs> anyway. That is correct. Um, so, so yeah, here we are. Uh, the CDC and the Michigan State Health Department are working with the city of Flint and the county promoting a wash your hands campaign in America. First world country. In 2016. First world country. Some amazing piles of bullshit. That is correct. I, I think we move on. Yeah. Everybody can unpause or if you've fast forwarded, stop now. <laughs> Well, we promised you some new Flint content at the end of the episode, so thank you for sticking around. And, uh, you know, we always have something new to talk about with Flint. Um, <laughs> and we, we do and we don't. It's the same fucking issue. Yeah. Um, to, the, to the people of Flint, Flint, to the people of Flint, we're sorry you're still going through this crap. Um, I, I found something that we're going to follow up with at the end of this because I want a happy note for the people of Flint. But Diana, you have some important stuff to talk about in relation to how long ago this was known about and how long ago this could have been acted upon. So, as I do before every time we record, I typed my favorite search parameters into the old Googleplex. Uh, <laughs> Michigan, Flint, Michigan water crisis and click the news tab and was met by a story with a dateline of uh, 21 October that says that the the EPA delayed the response to the Flint water crisis by seven months. Let's underline that seven months. So um, there's an internal review of everything that's gone on related to Flint um, at the EPA and the inspector general at the agency said that they had sufficient information, sufficient quotes, italicized sufficient information um, within the agency. And they had the authority to issue an emergency order to start with relief and sending funds um, to Flint in June of 2015. But they did not do anything until the governor of Michigan declared a state of emergency January 21st, 2016. That's interesting to know. From what we were looking at in the article, it's that they weren't allowed to do anything. Do, do I understand that correctly from the article? It's, it's hard to understand. They... They, the article that um, Rob and I are looking at is off of RT.com, um, and it kind of gets very specific, talking about the Safe Drinking Water Act um, and going into the, the language of the specific sections as to what, where the jurisdictional bar uh, for the EPA was set based on who was doing what. Um, they don't, the EPA doesn't want to get involved um, unless state and local authorities are not acting quickly enough to protect human health. Um, 
but by June of 2015, um, it was clear to the EPA that there was not enough being done. Now, um, it, it looks like there were reports that the EPA tried to offer technical support to Michigan back in February of 2015. And again, a quick timeline, the, um, the Flint Municipal Water Source was switched um, in the summer of 2014 and um, it was almost oh I'm sorry in April of 2014 and it was almost right away that Flint residents started complaining about odd tastes smells discoloration in the water um, so it's April of 2014 um, this from a country that advertises itself as the greatest country in the world well, we're going to make America great again, just like it was two years ago. Before the GOP fucked everybody over. So April of 2014 <laughs> is when the water was switched. No uh, axe to grind. The, the report says that the agency offered technical support to Michigan in February of 2015, but that the state decided to wait for the results of a second round of lead sampling, which wasn't going to be due until August of 2015. Um, was this also the round of lead sampling that was done where they would run the pipes for a while, the taps, sorry, faucets for a while first to clear out most of what was coming out and then take a sample? Is that... So I remember we covered something about that where the testing method was also flawed mm -hmm. to present a much cleaner result than was actually the case because uh, as a resident, you, you turn the... I'm English, the tap, American, force it on. You collect the water and you use it. Um, I mean, I, I remember growing up in the UK and we were told that certain houses had lead pipes. You run the, the water for a moment, you know, first to, to just take the top off, as it were, and, and then you'd use the water after that. But uh, in this situation where you're testing for water quality to go in with the objective of tweaking the results to something a little more favorable. Just that sort of thing doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what testing procedures were being used in February of 2015 and then again in, in um, well, I guess, the results from August, so I'm not sure when that testing was done. Um, I think it was a guy with a clipboard going, eh, good enough. Yeah, close enough. Um, so... Yeah, this this definitely is a big, glaring uh, mark against the United States Department of Environment or the Environmental Protection Agency. So, and more um, particularly, the the rules and regulations that govern how and when it can interject itself. I mean, I I get that states have individual rights because they pretend that they're all their own countries that could stand up on their own and then mm -hmm. they all want to be able to do their own thing. States rights. That, States that, rights. Sounds, that sounds like a loaded phrase from States somewhere. States rights. Hmm. Mm. But at, at the same time, uh, the environment doesn't necessarily respect those borders and we need agencies that can take the bigger picture view. Uh, as we've discussed in other episodes where we've got 
Native Americans looking to defend their water rights. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in this day and age, in a first world country, this should not be a fucking issue ever. Uh, something that I find really interesting is, like I said, at the, before we record every week, I type in Flint, Michigan, water crisis in, into Google. And um, one of the stories that comes up almost every week with an updated dateline and an updated place of being published is basically, would X city be ready for a you know, uh, a, a Flint-like crisis. And, you know, every week, you know, I click on the article and I skim it and it's like, no, you know, you know, this week they're looking at, you know, Detroit. No, Detroit would not be able to handle a, a, a crisis of the same scale as Flint. Would, you know, New York be able to handle it? Would D.C. be able to handle it? You know, and, and it's like, okay, the conclusion at the end of all of these articles is no, these cities would not be able to handle it, but there's the potential for it. Every, every single article says they would not be able to handle it and it could potentially happen. I mean, this whole situation happened because they tried to save a couple bucks and they switched their municipal water source and they did not, um, follow the proper procedure for the changes in the the type of treatment. I mean, water is water. No, there's different things in water. Water is not just pure mountain stream water where all you have to do is filter out the fish pee. You know, there's different things. <laughs> Don't drink the thing. water. Fish make love in it. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you brought it up. It just makes me think of my kids at the ocean who are always like, oh, can we can we pee in the ocean? I'm like, no, whales have sex in it, but don't pee in it. I mean, clearly. <laughs> Maybe the whales are into that sort of yeah, thing. Uh, um, <laughs> 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 but <laughs> Where is your mind at, woman? Oh, everywhere. It's everywhere. Long, it's been a long week, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Like we I said, there's a reason that... <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a sub episode this week. Um, I'm still, still, there's a lot of alcohol Wednesday night. Um, <laughs> so, th the bottom line is F Flint is every city. You know, it happened in Flint, but it could potentially happen in, in any place. It could, you know, and. Um, ich bin ein Flinter? Sure. <laughs> And on that note, Rob, did you say you had some happy Flint news for yes, us to wrap actually, this up? All right. So I've been spending some time on the MLive website. It's the Michigan Live. Yeah, Michigan yeah. Live. The, the Michigan Live, MLive.com, um, and uh, the Detroit Free Press have really been our primary sources for all of this information. Um, and, you know, we'd like to give a big shout out to, to uh, both of them for um helping and for their coverage and yeah help helping give us the news to pass along to you so i think we're we're gonna try and see if we can get somebody who's a little bit closer to the source to to come help us out on an upcoming episode but big thanks to to m live and to the D detroit free press so 
uh, on one of the articles I'd been reading about this, there was actually an article that we had been going to cover until we saw the thing about the EPA about uh, Nick Lyon being subpoenaed in reference to misconduct and the whole water thing. And I was reading through it, and by the time I got to the end, I just was so done with the whole thing, frustrated with Governor Snyder and his approach to the the people of Flint. And then I saw this little article that a journalistic pairing, uh, John Gonzalez and Amy Sherman from MLive, had been touring Michigan with the intention of sampling, in essence, if not every pizza, every pizzeria in the state. So there was a, a couple of places that they'd been that really caught my eye as uh, standing out a little bit more than the rest. Uh, she's running out for the pizza delivery guy now. Um, so I'm going I'm to call these two out as that if if we as Radio Podcast ever have a budget... <laughs> yeah... Uh, to do anything by way of roving on-site journalism uh, we will visit Flint and we are going to visit these two restaurants the first one I'm going to mention is Luigi's and it's a place that they had reviewed they're at 2132 Davidson Road in Flint you can look up their website is uh, luigi'ssince1955.com some of the pictures on the MLive website of their pizza is amazing. And recording this on a Friday night at quarter past 11 with a couple of beers, yeah, I could go for a couple of slices, maybe two, maybe three. You know, it's uh, it's there to be had. The other one, and I'd closed the page down because it was playing audio at me while I was trying to think, is the Roma Pizzeria and Restaurant. Their pizza looks utterly amazing. Um, and there's a thing about pizza is pizza wherever you go. Yeah. So their um, their address is G5227 North Saginaw Street, which I live in New Hampshire. It means nothing to me. I have no idea what you get from that. So they've got pizza too. If you go to romaspizzaflint.com, you'll find them. Uh, I don't think either of those two places are going to try and deliver out as far as the East Coast. But like I said, if we ever have a travel budget, can we, Dana, can we have a travel budget? I, we, does that mean we get to get paid at some point? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're both out of pocket on this so far, aren't we? A little bit. Should we? We may need to start a sponsorship page so that, <laughs> for uh, a pizza it, budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so even if we can't do the roving reporting, we can pretend by getting, it's fine. Uh, yeah. you know, frozen pizza. pizza. <laughs> uh huh. So yeah. So the upside, the part that I wanted to point out was that while we've talked a lot of stuff about the quality of water in Flint and how this issue keeps rolling along. Flint is not a bad place for people to be. And life is there still is... going on. I mean, people are living there and people are going to school. People are still living their daily lives there. And, um, you know, as much as, you know, hearing all of this news and going, oh, God, why don't those people just move? I mean, think about where you live and would you be willing to just 
and can you afford to just pack everything up and move? You, you say that to somebody that moved to America. I, you know. <laughs> But, okay, but look at this now. You've got Uh a family, and you've got a job, and you're settled. Like, and and you own a home now. This is true. Would you, in, you know, two weeks, three weeks' time, be able to pack your entire life and just move because your water's bad all of a sudden? Uh, It depends on whatever happens on November 35th when the election is. All I'm saying is that I, I made a comment on uh, on a group page that you and I both belong to calling out my potential need for a couch out of country. Uh, uh-huh. I'm just going to leave that out there. Yeah, I, I have a backup passport. <laughs> you do. That's good for you. Uh-huh. Uh, so so um, those that wish to become part of extended family... <laughs> applications the friends and family plan <laughs> <laughs> all right we're getting into the weeds here uh, right. so. so yes flint you're not all doom and gloom it's the water tastes like shit drink the beer all right not the beer from around you because i've had some of that stuff there must be craft brewers i'm gonna see what i can find about craft brewers in flint or the surrounding area we have some excellent craft brewers here in New Hampshire. That's going to be a different series of podcasts at some point. Um, there is life. There is vitality. You guys have your lives to live. The water is, yes, it's a big issue, but it's not all bad. And we respect that you guys still live there and put up with this. And and we're going to do our best to keep bringing the spotlight to everything you're going through and, and – um you know, get get these people held accountable because it's it's not fair and it's not what you expect living in America. No, it, it really is not. It's it's not what I expected when I came over. I if you'd have told me I'd have heard a story like this before I came over, I would have thought you were blowing smoke, particular kind of smoke. But there it is. I, I think we can wrap this up. So. Thank you all very much for listening to this um, additional episode. Flint, we love you. Take care. Have a good night. And we will see you on the next full episode. Bonsoir. (laughs) Bye.